On episode 28 of Run, Jump, Stomp, we've got Microsoft making all the right moves. We've got some information from Square Enix. Some people are upset about Bloodstained DLC. Those stories and more on this episode of Run, Jump, Stomp. Welcome back, everybody, to Run Jump Stomp. This is episode 28. If you want to get Run Jump Stomp and my other shows ad-free for as little as a dollar, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. You can join that for as little as a dollar and get all of the shows ad-free. You can also share your thoughts about video games by leaving a voicemail over at anchor.fm. Uh, actually, let me, uh, I got to change that link. It's uh, runjumpstomp.com slash voicemail. And you can leave a voicemail. And there's a specific uh, voicemail that I'm actually looking for right now. I'm looking for bumpers from people. Uh, if you've ever like listened to the radio and you've had uh, somebody call in and say, uh, hey, this is so-and-so from wherever, and you're listening to 106.3, the crazy or whatever the um, the call letters of the uh, of the radio station is. Uh, I'm kind of looking for people to do that. So if you could call in and say, hey, this is so-and-so from wherever, you know, in, input your name and the place that you're from, and you're listening to Run, Jump, Stomp, and I'm going to uh, make like a little random button that I can hit that'll always play one of those after I get a few of them in. Uh, it's super easy. Just go to runjumpstomp.com slash voicemail uh, to send that in. Anyway, let's... Let's move on from that craziness and start talking about how Microsoft is just doing everything right right now. Oh my goodness, Microsoft. By the way, you probably are hearing me and you're like, man, Bill sounds weird today. I just was sick for a couple of days and I felt like I was going to die, but I'm, I'm, I'm on the mend. I'm getting better. I can talk again. <clears throat> if I have a coughing fit in the middle of the show, I apologize. I will uh, edit it out, uh, but the live people are going to have to uh, to deal with it. Um, speaking of live people, you can watch the show live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. Uh, make sure that you head on over there and hit that follow button, and uh, you'll get notifications when I go live. So you can come and hang out with us, uh, hang out with the awesome people that are here like Mikey and Smash uh, you guys are great and bland name. Anyway, uh, let's talk about Microsoft. Microsoft Microsoft said something that I am a huge, huge fan of. They said something very awesome. Here's what they said. They said, we believe you should have a choice to where you buy your PC games. What exactly does that mean? Well, it means that Microsoft is going to start selling... Microsoft published games on Steam. On Steam. That's fantastic because I think that Microsoft knows that we've all looked at the Microsoft Store, like the Windows Store. And we've looked at that and we've said, 
yeah, we really don't like that. We don't think that it's very good and we don't want to use it. So people haven't been buying Microsoft published games on the PC because they like they felt like they were being forced to buy it from a kind of a crappy store. And you know, I I'm not saying that uh that the store is suddenly not crappy, but you know, now that Microsoft is giving us options for where else we want to buy the game, it's just fantastic news. The way I look at it is like this. Microsoft seems to be the only hardware manufacturer uh, or uh, I guess platform holder. Yeah, that's a better that's a better way to say it. Microsoft seems to be the only platform holder that completely understands that if you want my money, then you're going to give me uh, the, you're going to sell me the thing that you want me to buy from you in the least intrusive way. And so Microsoft's just seem, they seem to be understanding this, like bringing Cuphead to the Nintendo Switch. That's a Microsoft, that was a Microsoft Xbox exclusive, also on PC. Okay. Um, but they, they went to the developer and they said, Hey, why don't you make this for the Nintendo switch and, uh, we'll still publish it. And of course, why not? Cause they get to make money every time one of those sells. Microsoft gets to make money every time somebody sells a game on steam. Now I know that some people will say, all right, well, th- this was happening before, um, because like the copy of Cuphead that I have on, uh, on my PC, I bought that, or actually that was gifted to me through Steam. So this is not the first time, uh, that it's happened, but it's going to be the games that are made by the Xbox Game Studios PC games. All right. So, um, that's not Cuphead as far as I understand. Uh, Phil Spencer wrote, our intent is to make our Xbox Game Studios PC games available in multiple stores, including our own Microsoft store on Windows at their launch. We believe you should have choice in where you buy your PC games. And I completely agree. I I love that Microsoft is doing this, and I hope that it catches on. I hope Epic says, okay, we're done with exclusives. We're going to let you buy uh, the games that we publish anywhere you want. You know, maybe, maybe we'll see Rocket League come to the, um, the Microsoft Windows store. I certainly wouldn't buy it from there, but I'd like it to be an option for people who would like to buy it from there. Maybe we'll see, uh, Valve release, uh, Portal 3 on Epic Games and Microsoft. Okay, no, that's not going to happen. And the Epic Games thing is not going to happen either. But, you know, we could always hope. But that's not the only thing that Microsoft is doing right lately. And uh, you'll have to uh, excuse me while I sniff. Sorry about that. Um, That's not the only thing that Microsoft is doing right lately. They're also doing something very, very uh, surprising. Well, it surprised me. Uh, I guess there's a lot of people who weren't surprised, uh, but Microsoft is also bringing 
the Xbox Game Pass subscription to PC as well. So for those of you who don't have an Xbox, like me, I don't have one, the Game Pass subscription basically is this. Uh, currently, you can subscribe to it on my on Xbox, and um, a lot of times the first-party published stuff from Microsoft gets published and released through the Game Pass, and you don't have to buy it. You just you own you, you get the game uh, without having to buy it. So that that's that's kind of what's going on with there. And then with the Game Pass on the PC, it's going to be basically the same thing. They're saying it's going to launch with over 100 high-quality PC games uh, for Windows 10. And uh, it looks like uh, Microsoft is going to talk more about this on June 9th when they do their big uh, two-hour-long press conference, uh, which uh, we can look forward to. Uh, when we get to more E3 stuff down the road. So I'm curious as to what you guys are excited about for uh, Microsoft. Do you care about Microsoft Game Pass? Do you care about um, the fact that you're going to be able to buy Microsoft published titles uh, outside of the Microsoft Store uh, on PC? Are you who doesn't play PC games at all? Let me know what you guys think. All right, I'm going to take a quick break and I'll be right back. It's two-player fun on the split screen. Only for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Now you're playing with power. Superpower. Actually, I lied. Before we uh, go to the next story, I want to take a second and talk about the Xbox One controller. I am I am quite late to the pyramid. To the pyramid. I just read something in uh, in chat which distracted me. I'm, I'm quite late to the party on the Xbox controller. I had a... I had an Xbox controller, um, an Xbox One controller, but I had bought it used, and I I always thought that the buttons were too clicky, and the sticks were a little too mushy, and overall I wasn't too happy with it, but I've been playing a lot more uh, games on my PC lately now that I have a better graphics card. And I, I wanted a, a, another, a, a good controller for them. So I ended up plunking down the money for an Xbox One controller, like a new one instead of a used one. And I got to say, this controller is pretty damn good. Like the D-pad is really great. And I know I'm late to the party on this. The triggers are fantastic. This is a great controller. And I, I, I honestly think I might like this more than the Nintendo Switch Pro controller. Um, I don't know if it's my favorite controller ever because that still might be the Steam controller just because of all the all the crazy customization stuff you can do with it. But I really like this controller, uh, the Xbox One controller. I got the, the, the really nice blue one. It looks fantastic. And uh, if you are into playing PC games at all and you, and you um, are you know, kind of on the fence about what what controller you want to pick up. I recommend this controller. I think it's fantastic. I'm a big, big fan of this controller, and I am very, very surprised. Something else that I want to talk about real quick is I got this. It was on sale. Uh, this little uh, Mario-looking brick thing, which if you're just listening to the podcast, it's uh, the 8-bit dough uh, Bluetooth... Um, 
Bluetooth uh, adapter. It's a USB adapter. Uh, I got this for my Raspberry Pi, and I got it hooked up to my re- my my Retro Pi, basically. And uh, it's it was sixteen dollars on sale. Oh, I've got it upside down. It was sixteen bucks on sale. And uh, now what I've started doing is I've got my old Wii U Pro controller which has the ABXY in the right place for Super Nintendo games and stuff like that. And it still has sticks and, and everything. This is a great controller for uh, for old retro games. And I've got this paired. I've got my Wii U Pro controller paired with my 8-bit dough uh, Bluetooth, um, whatever this, uh, Bluetooth adapter. And it works great. I'm getting no lag. Now, I was pairing this controller to the to the retro pi through the built-in bluetooth and it did not work as well it did not work as well however when i used the uh the 8-bit dough adapter it worked fantastically well and i don't feel like i'm getting any lag um that being said i've never been somebody who really notices latency that much uh, but I just wanted to let you guys know, and I'll make sure that there are links in the show notes for, um, I mean, you can just Google Xbox controller, but I'll, I'll put the links to the ones that I, the, the things that I bought in the show notes. So you can pick those things up on Amazon if you want, or if you're watching this on YouTube, you can link it down below. I, I just really like that, that combo. It's really, really good. Uh, anyway. Let's let's switch over and talk about Square Enix. Square Enix, they posted on Twitter. Oh boy, I am excited for this. Um, there's a there's a few years ago. It feels like uh, when we had this very very cryptic announcement from Square uh, that featured uh, imagery from uh, the Avengers. Uh, and you know like captain america's shield and like maybe uh, thor's hammer and stuff like that and uh since then they have been really quiet this is not like square enix square enix they always seem to have a hard time holding back they always want to tell us everything and even when i don't think that they should like a lot of times they should just say okay uh we're not going to tell you anything until we're ready and hold hold everything off, but uh, we've got uh, at Play Avengers on Twitter. Make sure you follow them. Uh, they uh, posted tune in to Square Enix Live E3 2019 for the worldwide reveal of Marvel's Avengers. Uh, that is on June 10th at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Hot damn! I am excited for this. I don't know what kind of game it is that we're we're going to be playing. But Square has been working on this for a while, and I'm not even gonna. I, I'm not even gonna speculate because Square got Square does a lot of different things. I know that people like the pigeonhole Square as an RPG studio, and you know they are. Uh, they make some of the best, uh, some of the best RPGs ever. But they also make some pretty damn good. Um, uh, action games like the Tomb Raider games are, are fantastic, and those are made by Square. So <laughs> Joel Mead in, in in chat is making a very funny uh, comment. What, what hasn't Square been working on for a while? Yeah, they've been working on a, a, a couple of things for a long time. But man, I am really looking forward to Square's event 
uh, for E3 because we're going to get more information on Final Fantasy VII Remake and we're going to get information on the Avengers uh, Reassemble, I think it's called. Uh, we're not sure anyway. Uh, anyway, I, I'm very excited for this and you should be too. If you like Square Enix stuff and if you like Avengers stuff, then this this is something that I'm definitely going to be tuning into. Uh, now, it happens at 6 p.m. Pacific time, so that's 9 p.m. my time, and that's on June 10th, uh, which is Monday. Not the best time for me. I don't know if I will be uh, streaming it and doing my reactions live or watching it the next day. Uh, I'm not sure, but... I'm looking forward to this. It's made by Square. It, they said right here on the um, on the uh, the picture here. It's Marvel, Crystal Dynamics, Eidos Montreal, and Square Enix. Uh, Crystal Dynamics is the company that worked on the Tomb Raider games uh, that Square released. So I think that you know maybe it's going to be an action style game like that where you are playing different uh, superheroes. I don't know. But I'm excited, and uh, I want to know it, it, what what kind of game do you guys think it's going to be? All right? So today's the 31st. The next episode comes out on the 7th. And then the after that is going to be the reveal. So let me know what your predictions are. In fact, let me, let me go ahead and, and, and do this now. Uh, shout at me on Twitter, at RunJumpStomp. Use the hashtag RJSPod. Uh, RJSPOD, and uh, let me know what are your E3 predictions, be them about Square or Nintendo or Xbox, or I know that Sony's not going to be there, but I'm sure that they're going to make some announcements as well because they don't want to be left out. Uh, whether it be Google Stadia stuff, whatever it is that you have predictions for, for uh, E3, I want to know what your predictions are. After all, this show is your thoughts on games. You can also call and leave a voicemail, and I will play those before or after the show. Um, I, I probably won't respond to all of them, but you'll like we'll hear your thoughts on it um, on the show because I usually record the show and then listen to that stuff afterwards. Uh, so, again, run, jump, stomp on Twitter. Let me know your E3 predictions. Use that hashtag uh, RJSPOD. All right, we're going to take a quick uh, second to thank our sponsors and then when we get back we have two more stories to talk about the atari 2600 now get up to 30 dollars in rebate offers plus a free pac-man all right some people are pretty upset right now some people are upset about bloodstained and here's the reason why um bloodstained is going to have some premium dlc announced and this is going to cost $10. Let me take a quick sip of the water because my voice is, is uh, starting to hurt. All right, sorry about that. Um, some people are unhappy about this. Now, here's the reason why. Originally, this DLC was promised to people who backed the game on Kickstarter. Now, let me, I guess I, guess I should probably rewind all the way back to the beginning and talk about exactly what's going on here. So uh, we're, we're going to look at this uh, 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 Polygon's uh, story about this real quick. Um, 
Bloodstained, it comes from the the creator, not the creator of Castlevania, but the the guy who was in charge, and I've forgotten his name off the top of my head. Uh, I've forgotten his name. Um, but he worked on Castlevania Symphony of the Night, which many will say is the best Castlevania game. Uh, and rather than make another Castlevania game with Konami, uh, he decided to do a Kickstarter to do their own stuff, and that, that's where Bloodstained came from. And Bloodstained is essentially a Castlevania game, just without the Belmonts or something like that, you know? It's a side-scrolling Castlevania-style game. So a lot of people got pretty excited about that, and he did this on Kickstarter. Now, uh, Kickstarter is where... Uh, People can back a project, and if it hits its goal, then they will uh, get the thing that was promised to them. And one of the things that was promised to them was DLC that was originally promised to backers only. Now, it was just announced that, and by the way, this game is not out yet. It's going to be coming out next month in June. Uh, and some of this content, this DLC will be available on day one, which I, I never really like day one DLC. However, if it's day one DLC for backers, then I think that's totally fine. The problem is, is that, uh, 505 games, the publisher is now allowing people to also buy this DLC after the fact. And a lot of people who are backers are not happy about that. And I guess I can understand that. But at the same time, the fact that I didn't like, maybe let, let's pretend that I don't have my ear to the ground when it comes to video games. And I don't, I'm not really paying attention about this. And I buy Bloodstained because I see it on the PSN store or on Steam or wherever it is that it's coming out. I buy that game and I'm like, oh, look, there's DLC for it. Okay, I'm going to buy that too. I, I don't know who the creator is. I don't know anything about it being by the Castlevania guy. All I know is that I looked at the video of the game. And I was like, oh, that game looks kind of cool. So I bought it and then I saw some DLC and I decided to buy that too. And the people who are backers, they're the people who have been following this project. And I understand how they might feel like, hey, we have been, we've been with you this whole time. How about you reward us? And that's fine. I can understand that. Um, but the fact that other people who maybe didn't know about Bloodstained are going to have access to this DLC doesn't take away from what you're getting. Like it doesn't, it's not like they're saying, oh, you can't have it or uh, you can only have it if you buy the DLC. Like, you're still getting this DLC. They're just saying we're also going to sell it to other people. And on one side of the argument, I can see why somebody might say, well, but that was originally promised to backers only. I can understand that argument. But I also, I want this company, 505 Games, you know, you will, you want them to do well so that they can make more games. And I guess it comes down to the idea, this idea of scarcity equals more value. And I, I understand that that's like it's a, a real thing for physical items. But when it comes to something that is not a physical item, it's just 
bits on the internet, then does it really apply? Like, does 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 the thing that I have only have value if you can't have it? Because to me, the thing that has value that like the getting that DLC, and I'm not a backer of the game, so uh, but getting that DLC as a backer, I would think, oh, there's my value. I got a thing. I exchanged goods for I exchanged money for goods. And I don't think that I would personally be upset that somebody else is able to then also exchange money for goods. And I'm curious as to what you guys think about this, because again, this is your thoughts on games. I really want to hear from you. Do you feel like the people who backed the, 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 the game are getting ripped off? Or do you think that they are uh, making a mountain out of a molehill? Uh, the uh, big one of the big wigs over at Five Hundred Five Games, Robert Angel Corlew. Uh, hopefully, I didn't mispronounce their name. They said making this content available to everyone isn't just about making money. I mean, obviously, that's part of it. But the chief thing I was considering was making sure everyone had a safe and legitimate way to get the full game experience no matter when they found out about Bloodstained, whether that's five months ago or five years from now. And we're being and we're being respectful of price backers originally paid, hence the DLC pricing. All right, cool. I think that makes a lot of sense um, because what people will do otherwise is... They'll be like, oh, there's a part of this game that I'm not allowed to play because I didn't know about it ahead of time. I'm going to go ahead and download that off the internet. And that's going to get my computer infected. Uh, They're going to steal my credit card. All these horrible things are going to happen because I'm going to uh, non-legitimate sites. So when I look at this, I think that this is a good solution. Now, what would be a much better solution? would be if this was not DLC that was day one DLC, okay? Uh, This is the Iga's Backpack offers two things. It offers a sword whip weapon as an uh, in-game, oh, an in-game Koji Igarashi, who is the the Castlevania guy that I was talking about. You get to fight him in the game. Uh, And those were originally only for the crowdfunded stuff. Now, this comes out as day one DLC, I think that it would be better if they would say, okay, the people who backed it, you guys get it right away and everybody else can buy that DLC, you know, maybe after a month or something like that. Something small just to compromise with the backers who are upset about this. But I don't know, honestly, for the backers who are upset about this, I mean, does... Does the fact that somebody else can't have something, does that make it more valuable to you? For me, it doesn't. For me, I want everybody be, to be able to experience everything. And I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm alone on this. Let me know what you guys think. At Run Jump Stomp on Twitter. 
All right, let's talk about something that I'm very, very excited about. Target announces the grand opening sale of its 19 new Los Angeles stores. Target's oh, exploding what? prices on ColecoVision. Experience arcade game quality with push-button keyboards and eight-direction joysticks. Complete with Donkey Kong cartridge for just $169.99. I, I thought that was going to be over faster. I'm sorry about that. Um, oh, man, I'm excited about this. Listen, there is a time back in the 90s. When my favorite, favorite type of game would be a good old-fashioned CRPG. And you can't get much better than an old-fashioned CRPG than Baldur's Gate. All right? Uh, I'm holding up Baldur's Gate for on my iPad for, uh, for the video people. Uh, Baldur's Gate is uh, Dungeons & Dragons 2.0 uh, back in the day. Uh, this is a fantastic game. I put, I put a lot of hours into this game when I was uh, in my younger years, probably in my 20s, and I loved that game. And Baldur's Gate 2, also a fantastic game. I didn't get as far in Baldur's Gate 2, but that's mostly because uh, at when by the time Baldur's Gate 2 came out... Actually, let me look that up. I'm curious as to what is the release date. Release date, Baldur's... I can never spell Baldur's. Baldur's Gate 2. Um, when that, yeah, that came out in, in uh, 2000. And th- like at that time, EverQuest had its had its hooks deep, deep into me. Uh, like I could not tear myself away from EverQuest. So Baldur's Gate 2, I bought it and played a little bit of it, but I couldn't, I it, like EverQuest. It was EverQuest. There's a reason why they called it Evercrack. All right. There's a reason for that because it was a very, very good game. Super, super addictive. And so Baldur's Gate 2, I never really got into. Same with the Icewind Dale games. I was too obsessed with other games at the time. But Baldur's Gate 1 holds a very, very special place in my heart. Um, I never finished that, mostly because I would always get to a certain point in the game and I'd be like, oh, I wonder if I'd, uh, you know, what if I make my whole party like this? Or I would always kind of get like a grass is, is greener kind of thing and I would start over from scratch and then I'd get to the same point in the game and and redo that over and over and over again so I'm very very good at the very beginning of this game Uh, but you know as soon as I heard this news I I grabbed my iPad and started and downloaded Baldur's Gate uh, 1 on my iPad because I had already bought it a while back um, back when it first came out uh, Baldur's Gate Extended Edition or Enhanced Edition I can't remember what it's called anyway for those of you who don't know, it's Dungeons and Dragons. It's real time combat, but you can hit a button and pause the action and then tell all of your characters to do stuff and then unpause it and see everything happen. It's really, really cool. Now, that kind of game has kind of fallen out of favor over the years. There's been a couple of somebody is calling me, and I'm pretty sure that it is. Yep, it is not real. Another damn bot. Um, that kind of game has fallen out of favor over the years. There's been a couple of, uh, pe- uh, not people, uh, a couple of companies that have tried to make games like that, and they've done a very, very good job. Like Pillars of Eternity uh, is a fantastic CRPG, uh, CRPG being computer RPG, um, but that's just how I always refer to these kind of old D&D style games. Uh, but... Um, 
Pillars of Eternity came out and was was really good. Pillars of Eternity 2 is coming soon, I think. I could be wrong. Maybe that's already out. I can't remember. Um, you, you guys can let me know. And then there's another one, which is called Divinity Original Sin uh, and Div- Divinity Original Sin 2. Now, I have the first one, and it is a fantastic game. It's not in the Dungeons & Dragons universe, but, you know, it's that kind of high fantasy uh, kind of thing. And uh, it has the same kind of turn-based combat, but not really turn-based because things happen in real time, but you can pause it and take turns. Anyway, it's really, really cool. And the developers of Divinity Original Sin and Divinity of Original Sin 2 just released this website, which is... I'm going to guess that this is a a lowercase l... Yeah, Larian.com, L-A-R-I-A-N.com. And all it is is just the the Baldur's Gate style of a three. And damn it if I'm not excited about this. Uh, I'm very, oh God, E3 cannot get here fast enough. First off, we already know uh, that Pillars, um, that uh, Baldur's Gate 1, Baldur's Gate 2, Neverwinter, uh, and not Neverwinter 2, but just the first Neverwinter, uh, Temple of Elemental Evil, and I think a few other of these games are all coming to consoles very soon, and these are all games of the same style, and I'm excited about that, but I'm not nearly as excited about that as I am about this. The idea of Baldur's Gate 3 coming to wherever it is i'm hoping that it comes to all platforms i'm really fingers crossed that it comes to console or at least has controller support because i love playing games with a controller i don't like playing games with a mouse and keyboard much anymore and um, divinity original sin has controller support so you know there's a good chance that baldur's gate 3 will have controller support and that would make me very, very happy. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about Baldur's Great Gate Three, and I'm curious what, uh, what games of that style are some of your favorites? Uh, while I, I really, really love uh, Baldur's Gate, I think my favorite one is Neverwinter. I think it's Neverwinter Nights Two. Let me make sure. Never, Neverwinter. Nights 2. I want to make sure that that's the one. Yes, Neverwinter Nights 2. Absolutely loved this game. And it came with like a a, a giant, super thick book. Uh, I loved Neverwinter Nights 2. And that game I actually did beat. Uh, But, man, Baldur's Gate 3. How damn excited are you? I am very, very excited. All right. Um, let's hit feedback real quick. I actually forgot to look this up ahead of time. So I'm just going to do a quick search RJS POD. I'm just going to do a quick search on, uh, on Twitter and see what people have said. And we didn't get any feedback from last episode, but that's okay. Cause there's always, there's always a chance for next time. How can you get a hold of us? You can join the discord. Uh, head on over and become part of our community over at our uh, uh, runjumpstomp.com slash discord. You can watch the show live at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. 
Uh, you can get a hold of me on Twitter at RunJumpStomp and use that hashtag RJSPOD. If you're looking for ways to support the show, uh, stop by runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. And for more content like this, check out runjumpstomp.com slash shows. The music that you are about to hear is uh, Through a Cardboard World by Tony Lays. Uh, make sure you check out his music. I'll see you guys soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>